I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. Hard knocks last night. Not real interesting. Today, though, McCarthy says, quote, there's a good chance Dak will not play during the preseason. This is a change, and this is important. Cowboys play the Texans this week, favored by four. Harbaugh and the Ravens have dominated the preseason. They're going for a record. Vince Lombardi's 19 straight preseason victories. By the way, the Ravens, 16-2 against the spread in the 18 games so far. We'll get into it. And the NCAA got into Nebraska. Looks like possible violations. Nebraska is a seven-point underdog at Illinois. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, live on 225 FSR stations. Across this great, great nation, A.J. Hoffman in studio. He does imitations. He's not allowed doing those on air, but sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. We're the pros. He's the Joan L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got some updates to quarterbacks and their health status heading into week two of the NFL preseason. And week two of the preseason kicking off tomorrow between the Eagles and the Patriots. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? We're going to go with a recap of Hard Knocks and segue into McCarthy's fresh comments today about Dak having a good chance of not playing at all during the preseason. Yeah, it was episode two of Hard Knocks featuring the Dallas Cowboys last night on HBO. And Mike McCarthy earlier today had a conversation about whether or not Dak would be ready to go or whether he'd be playing in the preseason in their next game against the Houston Texans. And McCarthy said, still up in the air, but if he doesn't play in this week's preseason game, he will not play the entire preseason as they get ready for the season opener against Tampa Bay. By the way, quick correction in the headlines, Nebraska seven-point favorite versus Illinois, but going to the Cowboys, let's do the round table, round the horn. We'll start with AJ. I want to know from watching the show, I don't want to hear AJ about what if you were the producer, what you would have done. If you were this player, what you would have said. You don't have to throw out all our pre-show discussions. I want to <laughs> hear what you learned. We try to acquire a crew knowledge here. What did you learn about the Cowboys? What I've learned is they want to discuss Dak's current health situation as little as possible. Last week there was plenty of talk about the leg and and the the rehab and all that stuff, and which they, is a sign they probably were optimistic about that. I think they were, and the fact that they didn't mention the second MRI and all the things that we talked about this week and last week on this episode makes me think that the Cowboys they're still not comfortable with where he's at 
they don't want news getting out about him that's going to make it look like he won't be ready to play. And I think what Mike McCarthy had to say today I mean, listen, kind of backs that up. The Twitter account made that very clear. That's true. Nothing to worry about. No fires here! I, I'm not a big Sherlock Holmes guy, but there's a famous, the dog that did not bark. It strikes me that Colin today right here in FSR said, this was boring. Hard Knocks was boring. Others have said, boring. Well, if you had a thousand fans being able to submit a question to the Cowboys to have Jerry Jones answer, about 800 of them would be about Dak's health right, right now. And the other 200 would be spread amongst a bunch of other questions, like McCarthy's haircut, whatever else, his, his taste in movies, his cursing. But like 80% would care about Dak's health. The fact you do an entire episode with no other clear storylines the dramatic storylines, but you ignore the one conspicuous in its absence. Jonas, before you tell me what your main takeaway was, do you agree that not talking about Dak's health was very curious? Yeah, I think uh, the episode twos of Hard Knocks throughout the course of the year of these past few years and it being on has always been the least interesting and it gets least in, less interesting as we go along outside of the cuts and decisions they have to make that are tough ones if they build around certain characters because I think that the Cowboys saw a little bit of the blowback they got for the handling of the injury, the way it was handled in the first episode, and they were going to be very cautious about what they presented to people because they do have final say over the final cut that's shown on HBO. Okay, so a couple of things I want to get into. One, you said the second episode is the most boring except for all the episodes that follow. Well, no, so what you're I'm saying, saying it just gets more and more boring. <laughs> what I'm saying is, after the first episode, what happens is it seems like they want less and less information getting out there up until the final cuts of players that are on the bubble, and then then we start to rally around those stories. But I don't think they want to give away as much information as they normally do with the first episode when it drops. Oh no! Listen, I I wasn't trying to say you were wrong. I was saying that was quite an indictment of Hard Knocks. If the theory is the second one's boring, but it gets more boring, I, I agree with you. In all of these uh, documentary slash reality shows, it's all about the the, the character, right? Is it, you find out in the first episode or two who's interesting, and then they accentuate it. I I agree with you there. But if the show doesn't have a lot of natural fodder. Or, or topics, and there's one screaming, even if you say a bunch of BS, it seems like that would have been... Like, I could see Jerry Jones saying, yeah, I can see why the fans might be concerned, but I, I don't think there's cause for concern. It's To not mention it at all, to me, was the most weird. And then for today, to McCarthy to say, there's a good chance Dak will not play during the preseason. And it was just recently that... I mean, what, a week ago, he was saying, we expect Dak's on pace, we expect him to play in the preseason. So it's impossible to say that Dak won't be hurt, his performance, by missing all the preseason games. If that ends up being the case and we expect it to be, that is a negative. You must downgrade Dallas early, early in the year for that. Maybe that'd be the case if Dak hadn't been injured. But maybe not. Different players are different, right? So obviously the Rams don't play their key starters, even with a new quarterback. So in general, 
And Jonas, I'll go back to you right away on this one. In general, this feels like bad news for Dallas, even if he is 100% healthy for game one. Do you agree? Yeah, and I don't know why they wouldn't want to play him in the final preseason game. That's like, I understand. Maybe he's not ready. That's, and that's the only thing I can come up with because I understand the idea of, well, you know, we don't want to risk him in the final preseason game. We've seen that for years to where it's all about week three. Week four of the preseason, nobody cares about. Starters don't play because you don't, they've gotten their work in. We don't want to rush them out there into week four and then an injury And have a bye week. They want a bye week too. Exactly. So if, if this is all about psychological, that Dak wants to get back out there. He doesn't want to just be thrown back out there. The last time he saw uh, the field, he was beating his leg against the ground, trying to put it back in place. And then we're going to roll him out there for week one against the Bucks. If this is all psychological and he at least wants to get his feet wet, no pun intended, and wants to get out there in a preseason game before the season, who cares if it's week four? You've got enough time before the but game it, starts. But it really isn't week four, right? Even though it would be the Cowboys' fourth game, it would be Dak's first. And it first. Would be we- it, but it would be week three, effectively, right? Yes. For the rest of the league, which is when – I mean, AJ, I haven't looked at every team, but what does it seem like? Maybe, Mackenzie, you've got this, or Jonas, whoever's got it. Most of the teams are – it seems like week three – the final preseason game is going to be their dress rehearsal. Is, is that how you're seeing it with most teams? I, I don't know that there will be a dress rehearsal this season the way that it, there's been in the past. In the past, week three has been the most like a regular yeah, season they, game. Usually they have the starters play at least through halftime. They want them to have one time that they cool down and then come back in the third. Outside of Kansas City and what Andy Reid said today that his starters are playing the full first half, I haven't heard anyone commit to saying this is the way we're going to do it this preseason. I think there's less teams who are going to do it. And Andy Reid, it was for this week. For this week. Because there's two, you know, there's two questions. So uh, Mike Zimmer, it flashes on the screen, will treat week two this week as the dress rehearsal. So that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Week three in a four-week preseason was two weeks before the start of the game. The fourth preseason game, Jonas, absolutely correct, was a time for the cut guys to play. It was like the least like a regular season game because the starters wanted a bye. They wanted a dress rehearsal. This week, too, is three weeks before the start of the season. Why do your dress rehearsal and have two byes and you're doing your dress rehearsal so much earlier than you typically or a week earlier than you would anyway? So you're doing it earlier in your camp process. And you have a multiple week buy after. I mean, obviously, Andy Reid knows his team, but the fact we only got two of these comments, it looks like, means most are probably going to use week three as a dress rehearsal, the final preseason game. Which Jonas would play right into the idea that's the perfect time for Dak to play a game. Yeah, and I've actually heard that more that the feeling around the league is that this week will be treated by a lot of teams as the dress rehearsal. The teams are going to look as mm. this as because you know you got the one extra, uh, uh, you got the one less, um, um, you know, preseason game. So they're going to look at this and say, well, we don't want to risk injury that final week. But to me, that just makes me wonder, all right, so those are the teams, if they're playing all their starters this upcoming weekend, those are the teams that I look at as maybe being not just the Cowboys up against it the worst to start out the year. We talked about the Ravens a couple of years ago in the playoffs. They ended up, because they rested their starters and had a bye, their starters didn't play for three weeks, and they Mm -hmm. came out and got blowtorched by Tennessee, and that game wasn't close. And I just wonder if that same thing is going to happen this year, not just with the Cowboys, but with a bunch of other teams that decided to take the final week of the preseason off, thus giving their guys three weeks before the regular season opener. To me, if you're going to have your starters play one game, 
the idea that the last preseason game, I don't see how that's important. Rather, if they're going to play one game extensive time, you'd want it to be two weeks before the season. That's what history tells us. Why they would do that differently, any team now, I don't know. To finish that point, Mackenzie, what have you heard about who's dress rehearsal, who's not? What's the, Jonas is saying he's hearing more this week. What are you feeling? Well, Bears beat reporter Brad Biggs was talking to Matt Nagy, and he says next week, week three, not this week, will be his dress rehearsal. So it really seems to be a case-to-case basis. Yeah, so obviously with the odds, and we're going to go over those tomorrow, there's one game, Patriots-Eagles, Patriots favored by one and a half. Another factor, just to keep it out there, a lot of these teams are going down to the venue site or the city and having multiple combined practices. That will likely affect these games. They're going to be more familiar with each other, maybe unders. We'll talk about that. We are straight out of Vegas. Final point, at least on Dak. Regardless of why he's not playing, it hurts the Cowboys. It hurts Dak in week one. He needs time. The fact that they're, they know that. They said it. When, it. when they thought they were kicking the can down the road, they said, he'll play in the preseason. Don't worry. You relax. Don't worry. Nothing to worry here. Now, he's not. looks like he's not going to. If you choose to take a negative, you have no choice. right? If they could play Dak, they would, right? So it strikes me, AJ, that this is a sign that he can't play. It's not a choice. It's not, you know, we're not going to risk it. If he could play and you know him not playing – Hurts his chance in week one on national TV against the world champion Tampa Bay Bucks. Why wouldn't you play? Every game you play, you could get hurt in. So the fact he was planning on playing in the preseason meant they were fine with that. But now with his new injury, they're not. He either can't play or it's an injury that makes him very fragile. So he's okay. But if he gets hit once, it could be, oh, this is a bad sign. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I mean, I think they wanted, they went into this preseason hoping that they could get him some time. This has made it where oh, now we're iffy because if he goes out well, they there, they went into this do- preseason intending him to play, not hoping he could get time. Well, the, once he got hurt, yeah. Now that this has happened, they don't want to take any chance because they think maybe something that would seem innocuous in a normal preseason game could put him out for an extended amount of time. And if you're ta- if you're if you're that fragile going into the season, you can't tell me he's going to be 100% week one. It's, it's impossible. All right, it just hit me. I am going to do an epiphany bet. When we come back, (laughs) I've got a best bet for you. It's just all the talk makes it immutable. And we'll get into what effects we'll have on Dak, the rest of Hard Knocks, and then into the Eagles-Patriots. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. And it's money-making time next year on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we have an epiphany bet from R.J. Bell on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they've been there's some kids going to college from the epiphany bets last couple of years. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. That's because of your support, spreading the word. Keep it up, and we'll keep delivering profitable epiphany bets and others. And I'll keep you off of AJ's best bets that aren't going to be <laughs> any good. Because you can, I can tell he's got some real in college football. By the way, number one 
handicapper at pregame.com last year. He's really strong in the colleges. Not as good as me in the NFL, but really strong. And we're going to be talking Nebraska and Scott Frost, allegations. Good stuff. Great day to join. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. 99 degrees, though no problems. The neon is flowing. So, RJ, we've been talking about the news out of Dallas in which Mike McCarthy says that if Dak Prescott doesn't play in this upcoming preseason game against the Texans this weekend, he most likely will not play in the preseason at all, which means the next time we'll see Dak under center for the Cowboys will be week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road on Thursday night in the NFL debut. And right now on pregame.com, it's Tampa Bay, a six and a half point favorite. Yeah, so to me, there's six and a halves out there. There's more sevens. I am going to make an epiphany best bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll lay the seven. If you can get to six and a half, all the better. Half points matter, especially key numbers like this. But the fact of the matter is, the line isn't moving. So here's my question. What is the chance, A.J. Hoffman, that Dak Prescott doesn't play week one. I 20, mean, 20%. You think 20? I think that's probably high, but let's assume it's somewhere between 10 and 20. Now, how much is Dak worth if he doesn't play? Who's the second stringer now? Is it Dominic? Well, it's, it's Garrett Gilbert is the guy getting the start this week. Okay. So Garrett Gilbert, Cooper Rush, one of these guys. But whoever it is, they're five, six-point drop-off, I'm sure. I think Brad Gilbert and Dominic DiNucci were a tag team. <laughs> I, I mean, their sons being on this. This is weird. But I'd say a seven-point adjustment. I mean, Dak isn't six points better than a typical backup, but these are bad backups. Mackenzie, would you agree about seven? Yeah, I'm just looking at Fez's sheet, six and a half, very close. Yeah, so Fez is off by half, so we're going to say seven <laughs> in that one. Now, what's the athletic Mike Fando say? <laughs> I'll, I'll check. <laughs> that's a good point. So, <laughs> uh, that's AJ Hoffman. So, now here's the question. If there's a 20% chance that or let's say a 10% chance that Dak's not going to play, and he's worth seven points him, him playing, that means it's 0.7 points, so almost a point. At minimum, we got that. Even if he plays, if he's 100%, there's a chance he doesn't play. But we just decided that it's a sure thing that he's going to be hindered. Now, what are the ways that he could be hindered? Lack of practice. That has to mean something. Lack of games. That has to mean something, especially off the injury. Lack of general health. Maybe he's 92% and he plays, but he's not 100%. So if you add up the chance he doesn't play, with he's going to be hindered if he does, Dak. How hindered? Lack of practice, lack of game time, off the big injury, both of them. And also, maybe he's not 100%, but he plays. All that's worth something. And the fact is, the line hasn't moved. Now, it was six and a half early, 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 and I like it a lot better at six and a half. But even here, this is one of those called free roll bets. If he plays and he's 90%, and that's probably the best you could hope for, then we probably got a 50-50 coin flip. Everything else that happens, worse than that for Dak. It's a good bet. And you know what? If he doesn't play, it's a gigantically good bet. 
Because this line would go up to 13 and a half or 14. I think the lack of practice, like you mentioned, is one thing. But one thing about him sitting out all preseason, and the reason why those starters always played week three and it was like a real dress rehearsal was so you could see game game speed, NFL yes. speed. He will Especially have not when you're on a new, a new leg. He will have a new leg and now apparently a new shoulder, and he's seeing game speed action, NFL game speed for the first time since week five of last year. You know, There's so no I'm way. changing. I'm changing my bat. <laughs> I'm going. We're going to go with Tampa in the first half because to whatever oh to whatever effect this is going to be, it's going to be more prominent in the first half. Mackenzie, what are we seeing in the first half? <laughs> One second, let me grab that. All right, let's get the <laughs> a change in bats. We're going first half. I'm assuming it's three and a half. Yes, there's three and a half. <laughs> All right, three and a half minus one ten. Yes. All right. That is the best bat. <laughs> what do you think, Jonas? Well, I, first, I just like that we're playing the uh, Hall of Fame music as we're making <laughs> these picks. Because I think, I think that's the music they play when they unveil his bust. So when they, when they, when they see Dion's do-rag, they take off the uh, bust. So that, that's the music they play. Um, no, I, I like it. See, I, just, I look at it as this, and, and we've talked about it. But if you had a plan going into the preseason – Whatever impeded with that plan and yep. made you change it is noteworthy. And so the fact yes. that they had a plan, Mike McCarthy had a plan. He said it out loud. Dak Prescott had a plan. He said it out loud. And it was, we want him to get some reps before the season opener. And now he's not going to. That, to me, is a huge deal. Like, that, that's a big deal. And I do think I, – I, I believe he's going to play week one. I'm with AJ. I think it's probably about 20%. But the fact that we're even at that point coming off what he dealt with a year ago, I think is really problematic. If it's 20%, our bet's gold because one out of five times, you're going to be looking at, like, uh, not a sure thing, but you're going to be laying – a short number when it's going to be much, much higher now that we're in the first half. So it is official. First half. <laughs> we're going with Tampa Bay minus three and a half. Any other hard knocks? wrap-ups, and we'll start with you, Jonas, or anything else about the show as we wrap that topic? I mean, they're really showcasing uh, C.D. Lamb, it seems like. Um, Do- Dr. Lamb? Well, yeah, I mean, they're showcasing, like, you know, he loves candles, <laughs> uh, you know, they're getting to know him a little bit more. I, I wonder what his season outlook is going to be and how much he's affected if Dak's not 100%, because the thought was he was going to be a borderline star heading into year two, that he was pretty productive last year, but getting Dak pe- back for the whole season meant that he was going to take a real leap and I just wonder what that does to them offensively and whether or not he actually reaches his full potential with Dak not 100% heading into the year now wasn't he the only one that made a comment at all about Dak's health in general Dr. Lamb Oh, I think. Did you see that, AJ? I I thought it was him that said, uh, you know, he had a little sprain and he got back out there. He had to make sure it was okay, and then he got back right back out there. Except it's exactly what didn't happen. No, it's not. (laughs) It's like he he got some. It's like he got some other (laughs) report that wasn't true. See, because I know that it was Tyler Boyd of the Bengals spoke publicly about Joe Burrow's issues with his knee. And so I don't know if, if C.D. Lamb was also somebody who's made a comment, but that's two wide receivers who have commented on their quarterback's health this offseason.
You like the techno music? <laughs> That's the injury on Tag Mobile. <laughs> All right, AJ. Final thought. Most wide receivers also have a. They, they also went to medical school before they went to the NFL. That's typical. I, I don't listen. I don't judge. How do you? Do you, every doctor looks like a doctor? I mean, maybe people have different accents. I mean, you're very judgmental. No, I'm not judgmental. I'm Especially just saying for a guy from Texas. I'm guessing I don't think these guys. Oh, it's always from Texas. <laughs> Says a guy from basically West Virginia. Uh, you're not too far off that. <laughs> so, any closing thoughts? No, like I said, I, I think that the Cowboys. I, I I don't know if Hard Knocks is going to get less boring. And by the way, when you say no, no closing comment, that's enough sometimes. Oh. But <laughs> no, finish up. I was just. I don't know if it'll improve. I don't know if there's gonna they're gonna start getting more juicy. And obviously, what what Jonah said earlier, when they start cutting guys, what do we all love to see? We love to see guys lose their jobs on TV. That's the high <laughs> drama that we're all tuning into Hard Knocks for. But they're just not giving us anything that I'd hoped they would be giving us. I, I hope that that picks up in the last couple episodes. We are straight out of Vegas. Jonas, when they were talking about C.D. Lamb, it almost made it seem like that they were trying to get him like a, I don't know if he's married or not, but it's almost like he likes seashells, crystals. <laughs> I mean, it, it felt like it was going for women, would you say? Well, I, he, he was the guy on draft day. I think it was him that when he was sitting there waiting to get drafted, uh, the, the woman he was sitting with grabbed his phone and he snatched it back from him from her real quick. <laughs> Oh so my god! I remember that was like a. I think it was C. D. Like Jonas is doing a knowing. Him. Like I, I know where. You're like you're looking at something. You don't. <laughs> like, uh-huh. You know, you're just not quite sure if you got rid of everything. You know, so yeah, I, we, I, I don't know if they're trying to make up for it now. Or penicillin, what, penicillin, yeah, Jonas. Very, very much. We actually have C. D. Lamb had an audio. I guess a dating thing back in the day before the internet. Let's hear. It. Only hotties need a plow. Must like long walks on the beach, nights in front of the fireplace and sushi. And and the last but not least, gotta have strong legs, especially at the knees. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> also has to smell good. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that that was him exactly. I'm saying generally, I think maybe we are straight out of Vegas. Let's shift to the Eagles Patriots. This is now. Uh, or this is Thursday's game, and there was some uh, Hurts conversation, and actually uh, he got banged up too. A lot of stories here. Why don't you set it up, Jones? Yeah, uh, Jalen Hurts had a little bit of an up-and-down debut as far as Eagles quarterback goes, and uh, he's been dealing a little bit with the issues here. There's also been some rumblings about maybe a potential Deshaun Watson trade. Uh, Jalen Hurts has kind of pushed those things aside, but Joe Flacco's the quarterback there. He had a long touchdown pass in their their, uh, uh, preseason debut. Debut, although it was on a screen pass. So although the feeling is Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy, his coach hasn't exactly come out and established him as the foregone conclusion as the number one starting quarterback in Philadelphia with no no issues whatsoever and no competition, really. Well, if Joe Flacco wasn't the backup, maybe. But I think we know the <laughs> starter. But here's what I would say. So Tim McManus, ESPN, said, and this was a joint practice in the last few days, that Hertz was the best QB at the Eagles-Patriots joint practice. Okay, maybe that's for clicks. Maybe it was the case that one day. He is, at, or he's over under, Jalen Hurts, passing yards for the season, 3,650 and a half. That comes out to 214 yards per game. So that implies very strongly that Jalen Hurts is going to be the worst quarterback ever or he's not going to play all 17 games. So there is uncertainty. If that's injury risk, 
which I think is there with a running quarterback always, more so than non-running quarterbacks. If it's the fact he completed, what, 52% of his passes in a league that some people complete 70, um, not a ton of optimism. I like what they're doing, meaning you you had to trade away your quote-unquote franchise quarterback. You're the Eagles. You got a second-round pick. That was made. We can talk about what should have been made, but it was made. He came in, and the team did rally around him. He is a hard worker. Everyone says Hurts is one of those dudes that just takes over a locker room with, with friends and comrades and brothers in arms. And that's what Wentz didn't like. He was, he was bothered by it. And then you see a guy that's gotten better. He left Alabama because he wasn't going to be able to play. And it was Tua that ran him out. Now think about that a second. That's not looking so hot. But he was better Hurts at Oklahoma. And he felt better last year. He exceeded most expectations last year. They weren't great, but he exceeded them. Who's to say he doesn't keep getting better and better? And what are you risking? You weren't going to win big anyway this year if you're the Eagles. You have, you're in cap hell. You, you ate a lot of Wentz money. You got picks coming up. It's now pointing to the future. Why not not tank? Why not say maybe it's a one in five chance Hurts is going to be a franchise guy? Let's see. And if so, we got our guy. And if not, we got our picks and we can get rid of this guy or have him be a, a you know, slash type gadget guy, whatever. I don't know what once Wentz wanted to go, I'm not sure what else the Eagles could have done. I give them an A plus for the plan. I'm not judging the pick. I'm not a draft guru. All right. I'm not judging it's going to work. I'm saying, given the givens, the Eagles are doing exactly what I would do. AJ? What I would say about Hurts is, in in the three full games that he played last year, he averaged almost 80 rushing yards per game. And if you're not a good quarterback, which I don't think he is yet, getting 80 yards per game on the ground will certainly make up for a lot of that and at least buy you some time. If you've got a bad offensive line, having a good running quarterback will kind of cover that up a little bit so it, ideally he i mean he's not i don't know if he's their long-term answer that well, that's depends what on they his gotta find out this year right but i i think that he's not a bad guy to to run out there with a bad team because he does have an upside yeah but see you're thinking of it wrong they don't care i don't think they i agree with you generally a quarterback that can run makes the basement higher the floor is higher no doubt but is that what the eagles care about no, they care about him seeing how he develops the rest yeah, of his game exactly. this year. So, I think that, 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 in a way, what's it, Mills is the Houston a guy they drafted? Davis Mills, yeah. Davis Mills. Yeah. I love that pick. I know you probably don't, right? I don't. Right. Here's why. Well, here's what we'll do. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Okay. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. It is Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He is the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Okay, so Philly's taking their lottery ticket with Hertz and saying, let's see if it's a winner. Houston, Mills, what, third round? Third round, 67th right. overall. What are the odds that Mills is will turn out to be, in a reasonable amount of time, a top 12 quarterback in the NFL? Just give me a number. 5%. All right, so 1 in 20 chance. How can you find that out? There's one way to find that out. Got to see him play. Got to see him play. And you got to give him the reps in practice to be able to, you know, be ready to play. Who was going to be the quarterback otherwise this year? Tyrod Taylor. Okay. What do we know about Tyrod Taylor? We know that he's got a limited ceiling. He's a good stopgap guy, not a, not a long-term he's answer. No, he's 100% not a top 12. No. Okay. So, if you're not going to win anyway, 
and your only goal really is finding a top 12 quarterback, even if you have a 1 in 20 chance, isn't it better to take that chance? If, you, if he does poorly, you get even a higher draft pick to take your next quarterback. But if you have a year with a stopgap only that can't be, you can't find a franchise quarterback with Tyrod Taylor being your quarterback. You can with Mills. And what's the risk of that is losing. Houston's losing anyway, and they don't mind it. Thus, it's a good decision. Rebut. They had the worst non-quarterback roster in the league last year. Mm-hmm. That they was, need a quarterback more than they need anything else. That was the first pick that they had? They need a quarterback more than they need anything else. Are they else. more likely to find a quarterback in Davis Mills or with the first pick next season? Well, they're more likely to find it with the first pick next season and Davis Mills because it's a combined compound chance. We're going to run. <laughs> we'll keep this going. When we come back, we are going to – we'll finish that if AJ okay. wants to redeem himself. We are going to talk Nebraska, <laughs> and we're going to talk this Draymond Green tiff. I think it's a lot of BS. I'll give you a little tease. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., we've been talking a lot about the quarterback situations around the NFL, whether it be the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, or even the Houston Texans. So what do you, Jonas, and just to reset is my theory is that when you are a bad team, Eagles bad team, Houston bad team, and you don't have a quarterback, that by having an opportunity in a given year to find out, yes, no, is this guy a franchise quarterback, is the most valuable commodity in the NFL. Because you can only really find out with one guy a year because of all the practice time. you got to build an offense around him. That's what the Eagles are doing. At the end of this year, they will know Hurts is an underdog to be – a franchise guy, but there's a chance greater than zero, and they're going to know it. Houston taking Mills in the third round feels like them saying, we want to have a lottery ticket because we only get to check if it won once a year, and to let that go wasted doesn't make much sense. Jonas, do you generally agree with me or AJ? Yeah, if the coach isn't on the hot seat, I think that's I think that's also a key element because if a coach is on the hot seat, you know he may not either want to start a young guy or he could also go the opposite and want to start a young quarterback just to show that I you know although we were not very good this year, I believe I can be the guy to steer him towards the future. In this case, when it comes to Houston. I don't know how to feel about David Culley because I don't know whether or not he's a one-and-done guy like we saw with Steve Wilkes in Arizona a couple of years ago or if there's a true commitment to him because it felt like a lot of other candidates were not available to them, and so they kind of went with David Culley, which is a surprising hire. So, AJ, you're from Houston. You were in that market for a long time. I know you do imitations of Culley. We don't (laughs) do imitations on the show. Okay. But – in general, I know your impression isn't favorable. What is it more specifically? I think that he is a, a stopgap hire. He's a placeholder until this team gets talented enough to interest a real coaching candidate. And they didn't have real coaching candidates who were interested in taking it. It's a risky move to take this Do we job. Know who else offered? The, who they offered the job? Eric Bieniemy was the name that that was pushed out there the most. And Eric Bieniemy said, oh, "I'd rather wait around, hang out another year in Kansas City, and let my stock keep going up than take my first 
head coaching job at this place, which is going to be a very difficult spot to win. How much of the difficulty of winning in Houston is about the lack of talent, and how much of it is about the organization and the ownership in general? Because you look at Miami, Miami had the worst team in the, in the league. And uh, a good coach took that job. Usually, Jimmy Johnson took the Cowboys job. To get in on the ground floor and be able to rebuild is an opportunity. The difference was Miami had a ton of draft capital. They had a way to rebuild it. The Texans had traded away all their draft capital, so there was no way to rebuild Mm. it quickly. So they were both uh, (laughs) bad and didn't have a lot of picks. Exactly. A.J. Hoffman delivering right there. Why don't you stick to what you know? (laughs) He knows Houston, baby. I am straight out of Vegas. Okay. So you agree with me, though, about, I mean, you've kind of seen the area your way. You don't. What's the best case scenario? I mean, if Davis Mills goes out and wins six games this year, is that good or bad for the Texans? Hold on a second. This isn't about how many games the Texans win. It's about finding out if Mills is an elite quarterback. How good would you have to see him play for you to not take a quarterback with your first pick next year? Uh, As good enough that I thought within a year or two he could be a top 12 quarterback. So he'd have to be Justin Herbert. Yeah, or, I mean, that's an interesting question. Is um, Herbert, for sure, yeah, would be... I mean, yeah, I'm not taking a quarterback if I'm the Chargers. But I think you could be a level below. I don't think Tua, but... um, You know, uh, that's an interesting conversation. Uh, Kyler Murray, to me, would be – a lot of people are higher on Murray. Murray, to me, is a guy I would have to see something this year or I'd be looking to move off him. Now, I know a lot of people think that's crazy. I just don't think that Kyler Murray from last year can win you a Super Bowl. So you better see a trend line. We're straight out of Vegas. Let's jump to Nebraska and Scott Frost, Jones. Yeah, and there's some conversations in college football, another investigation here. Uh, according to uh, this, uh, the NCAA looking into the Nebraska football program, there's a report that they uh, used analysts, that they set aside practices and some activities last year during the pandemic, uh, and that Scott, Far- Scott Frost, the head coach, is at the center of all this. So would you say the general accusations are they were trying too hard to win? Yeah, basically. But and, not and we, like yeah. we, it, it's similar to the Arizona State situation, where Arizona State was accused of bringing in recruits and doing a lot of things during the pandemic. This feels like it's more about when they did it and the fact that there was a pandemic going on, as opposed to the actual crimes. I guess if you want to term it that th- themselves. If I'm a fan of Nebraska, I'm happy. I don't want them to be in trouble. I'm saying that's I, to me. I like Scott Frost more. If I'm a fan of Nebraska. What do you think, AJ? I think Scott Frost is 0 and 8 against teams that have finished in the top 25, and <laughs> 3 and 14 against teams finishing over over 500. If I'm a Nebraska fan, I'm hoping this probably ends the Scott Frost era, and we can find another coach. Well, I tell you, is what, what Scott Frost did at Central Florida to me is a, I don't think you can do that without having some coaching talent. This might be more about Nebraska not being a viable top 25 program anymore. Charlie Strong did great things at South Florida, then went to Texas and failed. I mean, it happens. There's there's a certain level where you jump up from that level yeah, to... Yeah, but, but going to Texas is now you have to compete with Nick Saban. Here at Nebraska, that's that's not the case anymore. You just want to make a bowl game three out of four years. Right, and he is against Scott Frost against the spread, thirteen and eighteen, one push, forty-one percent. So not good. By the way, Nebraska seven-point favorite against Illinois. Illinois, the underdog, is being bat, bat, and bat. The sevens are disappearing. So if you like Illinois, grab the touchdown right now. Tomorrow, Jonas, we'll get into a little bit. Obviously, preseason previews. 
But I want to get into this uh, Draymond Green, Durant. Do you have uh, any quick thoughts on it? It just uh, why why is it still a topic of conversation? They're blaming the front office because uh, Draymond Green can't keep his temper under control. I mean, come well, on. because they have a podcast, Jonas. You know that. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Uh, we are straight out of Vegas. If you miss any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. No blame game in that podcast. Just a simple sports talk radio show talking about Vegas and everything else involved. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, on the iHeartRadio app.